0: Dither. A. Diaphragm. R. Diary. Diary. Could've been dairy, just switch them around. (gasps) See that? Words are like magic. Welcome to Which Game First, where we boldly explore the hilariously huge world of board games. Did we find any hidden treasures you've been missing out on? Let's find out. (sighs) First up this week, we build our spellbook to roast old-school 8-bit beasties in Pixel Glory. Next, we race for patents to own a piece of the alphabet in Letter Tycoon. And lastly, we try to convince the boss that attributes like a split personality, a French accent, and a man bun are perfect for the job in Fun Employed. I'm your host, Celeste Angelus. Now let's meet the rest of our brave and intrepid panel.
1: I'm Evan Bernstein.
2: The game of life is a game worth winning. Hi, I'm Ed Povolaitis, and how you play the game is just important as whether you win or lose. Hi, I'm Joe Wunfried. Welcome to our show.
3: Hi, I'm Mike Grenier, and I go up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B, and A before I hit start.
0: Hey all, I just wanted to let you know that these are the final days of our Azul contest. If you would like a sweet, sweet copy of Azul, which game first wants to give it to you? Just go to our website today or our Facebook page and click on the contest. Our first game up this week is Pixel Glory, designed by Frank Alberts and Russell Eng. Published by Zafty Games in 2014, number of players 2 to 4, ages 13 and up, runtime 30 minutes. Okay, initial observations on this find. Joe? I like the cold
4: juvenile logic of this game. I want all the treasure and fame for myself, but hey, I I still help you kill monsters. I just want my share of the award. And everybody else's too. That's what friendship's all about.
0: Evan?
1: This is a game that reminded me of what I thought looked cool on a screen in
3: 1980.
0: (laughs) For sure. Mike?
3: A DIY spell
2: deck. I think this is going to be cool. Ed, dungeon crawls are fun and popular and a glory. Hey, Joe, leave some of that glory for me looking at the box
0: showing a pixelated demon on a textured black background i was flooded with nostalgic joy over the first time i played a non-text based video game
1: i i reached in my pocket to look for quarters to to you know <laughs> insert them into some machine that didn't exist in front of me you've got the free
3: play for life
1: i know
0: but before we get started evan tell us a little bit about how it's played Pixel Glory
1: begins with the Town phase. You draft a deck of spells, trying to get the ones you want by skillfully bidding. When this phase is over, you should have 9 spells and some basic attacks at your disposal. Then, you take on the monsters in the Dungeon phase. Cast spells or launch your basic attacks. You have to play all your cards, so don't hold back. And don't forget to keep track of which elemental forces can pay off with some extra damage. All fame for a monster's kill is given to whoever landed the final blow. Getting the most fame also wins you the game, so be vigilant.
0: Well, first thing you see are the cards in this game, and I did like the layout. It was simple and easy to understand, and my favorite part were the bright colors that separated the elements.
1: This has become a regular pattern on the games, especially the card games we've been describing on the show, is that the more... Distinct they are in that contrast. It just it, it makes the game easier to play overall. It looks better, it plays better.
0: Absolutely.
3: And if it's not just a, a color but also symbols mixed together with it, it helps everybody to understand what's going on quickly.
0: I mean I love the genius of the little pixelated monsters on the cards. They were fun to look at and they were definitely reminiscent of the old days.
3: The eight-bit graphic art has made a huge comeback.
0: Well, the mechanics of the game work pretty well. I liked that the elements worked against each other. So if you had water power cards, you could really say, ooh, do I want to get that fire monster? I'll do two points instead of one, or do I really need it to do this other thing?
2: Well, you actually have four cards in the hand, but I really like the you of being able to leave a card for later. I think that's cool. Give me one extra card to play when you need it.
3: Yeah, leaving the card helps a lot sometimes, too, because you don't want to get the monsters too close to death without killing them because somebody else will kill them and get all the glory for it. So your, your management of your damage is very important, and you have to play every card that's still in your hand during that turn. So, uh, you know, distributing the damage out so nobody gets a kill is good in two ways. First, it helps other people after you not to kill the monster before it gets back to you potentially. And secondly you'll get an extra combo point, which will help you later on for not killing anything that turn.
0: And I really liked the cube counters for the hit the health. Yeah. Right? So the hit point cube counters were adorably reminiscent of the old hearts that you would see mm-hmm. at the top of the screen when you're fighting your monsters.
3: Yeah, it was like Zelda.
0: <laughs> so it was, it was a lot of fun to see that, and it was a very clean and easy way to understand where the monster was at. You had a set of cubes on him, and you removed them as his hit points went down.
2: I really like the, the the layout or the, the rule books are pretty well written and there's like little FAQ parts in the rules itself. So it's like right after you read a section, you can actually read a question that people would often ask and then they have the answer to it. It's kind of cool.
3: Yeah, and I, th- I feel like a, a rules are a lot easier to manage when there's not a lot of things that players can do to interrupt each other's actions.
2: The one the one downside I say is while it, it's very on theme the uh the pixelated font can be a little hard to read at times from the distance.
0: Yeah, it can be but not too bad. I've certainly seen worse. I mean, a great game that we played last week King Struggle had a much tougher font to read. <laughs> and the only issue I had uh with it was that the color text which was not important to the mechanics was in the exact same font as the mechanics.
2: And in the same location, too. The little musical note they have in front of it was kind of an indicator.
3: Yeah, that was the only way to tell the difference between a mechanic and a flavor text, was that they had a little music note. Uh-oh.
0: Yeah,
1: that should have been maybe enhanced somehow. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah, it could have been better. Not a game stopper though. So
3: I-, I thought they did a good job balancing out the power of a spell with how much extra junk it put into your deck because when you choose a spell during the auction it has a little symbol at the bottom that tells you how many generic um, elements that you put into your deck uh, in addition to it so having less of those elements in your deck is for the most part a good thing because then you're just using your powerful spells instead of the one point spells
0: oh let's talk about the auction right so we've played quite a few auction games recently This one was as many cards as you have players laid out in front of you. And we bid for who goes first, second, third, and fourth in picking them. What did you guys think about bidding on all, essentially all the cards at once and just sort of hoping you get it? Please don't leave me with that lame absorb. (laughs) You guys suck. I hate you. Absorb for me. (laughs) Lame. Absorb it up.
3: (laughs) I didn't see any huge disparity in the quality of the different spells because they had a kind of a balancing factor to them. None of them were useless, I thought. So even if you lost the auction altogether, you didn't get a completely useless card in your hand.
2: And you would get the wand, which helped make uh, break ties. Mm-hmm.
1: Which you which came in handy a couple times.
2: Like when you have that, you know your nine to going to win no matter what. Yeah, so if you throw a
3: one down on a car, on a round that you don't really care about to automatically lose, the next round you'll have first pick guaranteed if you want it.
1: No, it's a good convention for building for for building your deck. Um, and auctions are always fun, as far as I'm concerned. I, I like it. And just to, it'd be hard to put an auction in function into a game that I did not like.
2: I noticed a lot of us uh, when we built our decks had a a color that we were missing. Like like I had like thirteen Earth cards, but no fire in my deck, for example, or something like that. Yeah, I only splashed in a little
3: bit of earth into my deck.
0: I think what happens when you're bidding is you start to pick, you start to go with a color and then you want to sort of stick with it because you know that the synergies are coming and you want to not
2: have to focus on too many colors in order to get your synergy to work. And what the synergy bonus is, some of the cards have a synergy uh, portion, which is more powerful than a basic thing, but you have to play at least one or two extra cards of the same element.
3: And sleeving a card really helps with that, too. You sleeve away one of the elements that's going to help you with your synergy later, and you're more likely to be able to pull it off.
0: So this game came from Zafty, which you guys met at PAX, and we played their other game, Death Wish. I saw that they had another game called Hintagers, which to me looked really interesting. Oh,
1: I like that, that name. That's yeah, it's good.
0: Hintagers, right? And it's a social, I mean, it's built as a party game where you're trying to read each other's minds and figure out the number they're guessing with these one word clues that people give. That, is, that sounds like my kind of game. I hope we get a chance to play that one too. Hintagers. Yeah, this, game, this
3: company has a bunch of different games, and uh, it seems like one of their themes they like to stick to is easy to learn, portable uh, games.
2: I think this one certainly fit the bill. Yeah, the dungeon crawl aspects I think was pretty neat about the game as well. You know, you're going through, everybody trying to cooperative in a way, but it reminds me a little bit of Caverns where we want to do well, but not too well, because otherwise you won't get all the glory.
3: I could think of a million different ways that I could add interesting stuff to this game, but I think that was a smart move to just keep it uh, as basic as it is right now.
0: Okay, it's time to decide whether or not to dig up or bury Pixel Glory. Joe?
4: Didn't play this one personally. I'm not sure that I would like it, but the game is so simple that If you think you'll like it, you probably will. Evan, how about you? Bidding and drafting
1: games are fun, let's face it. And this one qualified as fun. So dig it up.
3: Mike? I really like that bidding and building your own deck right in the beginning of the game and then just going for it and playing it. It's fast, portable. So I say dig dug it up.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's cute. Ed, how about you? I really enjoy the drafting mechanics. It works as a simple, fun way to build a deck. And then trying to take all the glory for yourself in the dungeon phase is really cool. So I'll dig it up.
0: I was charmed by the synergies in this game. And I would like an opportunity to get better at those. Plus, I did like the color, the colors and layout of this game. Simple, easy, and fun. It's a nice family game. Dig it up. Ed, where can you find it?
2: The MSRP for Pixel Glory is about 30 bucks. You can find this game online and at some game and bookstores.
0: If you have thoughts about Pixel Glory, let us know. We are at Which Game First on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Our next game up is Letter Tycoon, designed by Brad Brooks, published by Breaking Games. Number of players, 2 to 5, ages 8 and up. Runtime, 30 minutes. Initial observations on this find, Evan?
1: A game where you can own the rights to any letter of the English alphabet? Sign
2: me up. (laughs) <laughs> Ed, how about you? Strive to be the Rockefellers of the alphabet. Who knew the word game could involve cut capitalism?
3: Mike? Not a good writer? Just patent all the letters and let the royalties roll in. Joe? Hey, is that a taco time billboard? I got the
4: patent for the letter T. Did they ever pay me my cut?
0: I was tickled by the concept of trying to patent a letter of the alphabet. It seemed hilariously American to me. But before we get started, Evan, tell us a little bit about how it's played.
1: At first, this looks like a lot of board games where you try to build the longest words to get points. But in Letter Tycoon, you get money and stock. You build words at least three letters long from the cards in your hand, and maybe also from the central pool of letters that can be used by anyone. You get cash for building words, which you can eventually spend on patenting one of the letters of the alphabet. After patenting a letter, you get paid every time the letter is used by your opponents. When enough of the alphabet has been patented, players finish the current turn and calculate points for their money, stock, and patents. The player with the most wins the game.
0: Boy, I loved the look of this game. I mean, before we even talk about the mechanics and letters and everything, this game was so charming looking. It had a beautifully old-fashioned color palette of muted orange and green Mm -hmm. and sepia with these old-fashioned line art drawings. Uh, It was very 20s and 30s themed with a zeppelin and tall buildings in the background and stuff like that. Very industrial.
2: Yeah, I really liked the art style. It lent a feeling of like the early days of the industrial renaissance.
3: But it didn't get in the way of the fact that you have a giant letter in the middle of your card. <laughs> Not
0: at all. Yeah, it was just this beautifully laid out thing behind the letters, and and you're absolutely right, Mike. They it didn't get in the way. I loved the little wooden pieces the for stop for money.
2: Yeah, the wooden coins were really cool. I, I enjoyed that.
0: Even the wooden coins had a design on them, so that is going the extra mile, which I really liked.
3: It really helps know how to spell in a game like this.
2: (laughs) It does? Oh, darn it. I wish I knew that.
0: (laughs) But you're right, Mike. At the beginning, you're like wondering if you even need to be, you know, a wordsmith for a game like this. You're like, oh, simple. You know, you get some letters. You put together a couple of words. You get a pattern.
2: No. It's just like Scrabble. Well, if you wanna win, it helps. But uh I'm sure I can come up with three letter words all day long, but it only gets you a buck each. He's taking a letter. Opan?
0: Apparently
2: it's a word.
1: Oban mah. Oban says so. This is I thought that there were multiple paths to victory here, and you could take different strategies by how you Choose to build your word. So I don't think you necessarily have to have some great command of the English language in order to come up with a winnable strategy here.
2: One of the things that's kind of cool is that some of the patents don't just give you money every time the letter is used, but they give you a special ability. For example, you can uh, earn double if your word has only one vowel.
0: That was usually on the lesser used letters, right? It gives you a special ability.
4: Yeah, just to, to provide an incentive for someone to, to patent the Q. To so take
0: this, a garbage mm, letter. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh.
3: A garbage letter like Q. Yeah. <laughs> Stupid Q. Ooh,
0: that's like an S. Well, you just, can get an R. Get some sexy letters with six bucks.
4: R is pretty sexy.
0: R is super sexy. S is sexier. Come on.
4: And it does seem like a, a small thing when you're first you know, looking over the rules of the game or even in your first playthrough, but I think it was genius to have the owners of letter patents paid by the bank. I know that's counterintuitive from the way patents actually work, but you know, making other players bear that expense would have risked killing off the other players maybe a little bit too fast.
3: It's like a snowball effect where you know, the winner wins more.
4: Or the reverse could happen because if the players were perpetually paying each other off, that could have risked the game going on too long.
0: I think it was a good mechanic for sort of representing capitalism. Yeah,
2: yeah. It's a nice design because, you know, you never lose victory points in the game. Yeah, right,
3: Mike? Uh-huh, yes.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's nice because in a lot of games where you have to
3: purchase part of your engine, it kind of has to pay for itself eventually, and this game doesn't have that problem.
0: And the feel of playing was nice. I mean, I didn't feel competitive in a way that you sometimes can in games and it gets stressful. I was always like, oh, nice word, you know, good job, Ed, or oh, that's clever. So I seem to be inspired by this game to enjoy everybody's patent success.
3: Now, I didn't play with you guys, I played with another group when it was not like still, it, I think it was its first day of release, or it might have been right before it got released or whatever. Um, but yeah, people were having a great time with it, and it was such a novel mechanic that they were just loving it. This game has won awards,
2: right? Yes, it has. It won the uh, Mentor Select in 2015.
0: It's so much better than Scrabble.
2: Oh
1: yes! (laughs) Wow, are people
0: there? I'm going to get a lot of hate for that. (laughs) Oh
3: my god! (laughs) Don't go there. Yeah, I I actually (laughs) really (laughs) like Scrabble, but um, it's a totally different experience. I think so. You're going to find hate mail,
4: like you know, pasted to the side
3: of your mailbox. It'll it'll
4: be a twelve point value
1: words scribbled on the side of your box, (laughs) Celeste.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Let me say this: I'm just not good enough at Scrabble to like it. I'll put it that way. And this game, I felt like with the other options and elements involved, it sort of mitigated that. Although Joe, our resident wordsmith, did end up winning anyway.
3: I could see that. I I wish I'd played with you guys because I I like to give Joe a run for his money in these word games. Mike has often given me a run for my money in word games.
0: The designer of this game is Brad Brooks, who is... Got a current release out called Rise of Tribes, which looks really interesting. And this company is Breaking Games.
3: Yeah, Breaking Games has a pretty big library of games. Uh, when I looked it up, I saw a couple of 8 uh, bit graphic games they had too. One of them's called Billionaire Banshee, and there's another one called Re Extinction. It's got a T Rex on the cover.
4: Oh, Re Extinction <laughs> sounds yeah. cool. T Rex yeah. on the
3: cover, you got me.
0: Okay, it's time to decide whether or not to dig up or bury Letter Tycoon. Mike?
3: This game is one of my favorite word games, so I have to say dig it up.
2: Evan?
1: Word building, coin collecting, letter purchasing, a fun combination all in one game. Dig it up.
2: Ed? I'm not that keen on word game, but I really like to opt to own the alphabet, so I'll dig it up. <laughs> <laughs> Joe? Bury this? What's to bury? Dig it up.
0: Yeah, this game seemed a lot more fun than Scrabble to me, so <laughs> dig it up. Joe, where can you find it?
4: Oh, the MSRP is $35. You can find this game at breakinggames.com and
0: some online and
4: local stores.
0: If you have thoughts about Letter Tycoon, let us know. We are at Which Game First on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And our last game up this week is Fun Employed, designed by Anthony Conta, published by Urban Island Games in 2013. However, we played the fourth edition, which is by Mattel, 2016. Players 3 to 20, ages 13 and up. Could you imagine playing this game (laughs) with 20 people?
1: I get it's a party game, but 20 people...
0: (laughs) Time, 30 minutes. Not with 20 people, it's not. (laughs) Okay, initial observations on this find. Mike?
3: All the fun of apples to apples and interviewing for a job. (laughs) Not looking forward to this one.
1: (laughs) Evan? I'll just say, if everyone in real life had to apply for a job this way, no one would be employed. (laughs) No one.
0: (laughs) Ed? Job interview, the game. That's a great pitch. <laughs> uh, Joe, how about you? The cards are meant to
4: encourage job seekers to fabricate humorous or irreverent explanations. And job interviews are sufficiently stressful for a lot of people to maybe welcome the attempts at humor.
0: Um, a generic-looking box... This was a drugstore find. It has guided role playing again. I was worried. <laughs> it was pretty
1: generic looking. What are there? Two colors in this game? Yes. Three. Three. Black, white, and 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 mint. I call it mint.
0: <laughs> Hold on. Before we get into that, let's find out a little bit about how it's played. Evan?
1: Well, it ain't that hard. (laughs) Each player takes a turn as a hiring manager where they get to give every other player a job interview. (laughs) The HR director of the current turn gets to evaluate which one of the applicants gets offered the job.
0: I love how you specify that it's the (laughs) HR director, as if the rules said that.
1: (laughs) But, But, okay, when a player is interviewed... They draw several cards which must be integrated into their answers. Some are absurd, some are scary, and some are a bit racy. The challenge for each round's applicants is to work the unexpected random words and phrases on the drawn cards into their attempts at marketing themselves in as seamless or as entertaining a manner as possible. And I assure you, we went for entertaining <laughs> over seamless. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: What choice do you have when you see a game like this? I mean, what, what are your options? <laughs> it's
1: true. All right, wait, I, wait, wait, wait. I, I want to get back to the colors for just a second. Black, white, and toothpaste green, I mean, were the colors. <laughs> it's so lacking that it kind of draws you in, in a certain sense. It's like, to figure out what's wrong here, <laughs> what's missing? Why is there so much missing?
2: It, it looks big business. It's like it is the Walmart of graphic design.
0: And if I can hearken you guys back to that same shade of green that was on the squint box. Oh, no. Thanks, Celeste. <laughs> it is yet again big business not given a crud.
3: <laughs> <laughs> True. Yeah. Oh, this is the cheapest way to publish a game. Cards with no nothing but text and two or three colors.
2: Mattel is trying to cut corners and cost. Hmm. They don't need to. Yeah.
4: Yeah. <laughs> Now, when it's your turn to be the hiring manager, you give every other player a job interview, right? Yes. Has anyone Mm -hmm. glanced at the number of
3: players for this game? Oh, yeah. Up to 20 players? Three to 20. (laughs) I know! Imagine doing 20 interviews in the same day.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's a lot. (laughs) (sighs) One interesting thing about the graphic design, I found the earlier edition put by Urban Island Games in 2015 looks a lot more interesting.
0: I mean, the thing that I liked and Mattel, interestingly, Mattel kept this on their box was there was a little label on it that said successfully launched on Kickstarter, right? So so advertising the fact that they were launched on Kickstarter seems like a valuable marketing tool, even for big companies like Mattel now. So that just goes to show you how important Kickstarter is looking.
2: To
3: the industry. Oh, yeah. It shows that, like,
0: interaction with the little guys.
2: I think it just shows the impact of Kickstarter on the industry as a whole. It's a really big factor now. But some big companies are launching games now on Kickstarter because it's such an important thing.
0: Yep, and they want to be able to say it, even though they don't even need to.
3: Right. It just makes it a little tougher on the small guy because a big company has still a budget and a team of people to work on their Kickstarter and, you know, research and all that. While a single person who's trying to launch their game on Kickstarter has to do all that stuff themselves without necessarily having the kind of knowledge that a big company can bring to bear.
4: They can afford to take two or three employees just to handle, you know, thorny shipping issues for people who want that Kickstarter game delivered to Australia or Japan or the Congo or wherever they
3: are. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So let's actually talk about some mechanics of the game that were good. (laughs) And there were some.
3: The one that I worried most about was the one that reminded me of Pickles the Penguins, kind of a knuckle busting mechanic where you have to swap a card in your hand for another card if you want to switch it out. And everybody does it at the same time. I was very worried that that would turn into a nightmare, but it was actually fine.
0: Yeah, it worked out fine because there were enough cards in the I center. made a
3: point of trying to snap up the cards right after someone else
4: discarded them. I'm not really sure why I did that. It didn't work out for me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I thought
4: you
1: had some great ones. Yeah, you did. It What definitely was not chaos, so that, that was good. It played well. There are 10 community cards in which the five of us had to draw from and and replace. I thought it could have been more. I thought it could have been 15. Um, Only because come end of the game, there were still several cards out there that nobody touched through all four rounds of play.
3: Although some cards aren't going to get touched really in a, you know, if the job interview is for Ninja, you might not want to take work ethic.
0: Honestly, Mike, I think that you could have developed a scenario for almost any set of words because you're going to be role-playing your way through it and you pick up a set of cards that have a theme, right?
2: And then you role-play to that theme, even if, if it's to your detriment. Some people will be picking up the words, even some of the crappy words, because it'll go with the, quote, theme that they have in their hand anyway.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, plus you're playing to the person who's doing the interview. And sometimes, you know, people want a qualified employee. (laughs) Other times, they're not really looking for qualified. They're looking for funny.
0: I loved two things. First off, the questions the employer is going to ask you are garnered from the same set of cards that you're using as answers. So we all are picking from that deck, even the employers, which is great. I thought that was a, a brilliant move. That's the brilliance.
2: Yeah, I think that's a nice twist on the apple-to-apple thing here where the interviewer gets to add one card to their mix and that's different from the typical apple to apple style game. Very different, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, very different. And also, having the player have to perform the interview mm-hmm. is very different from apples to apples, where you just toss out a card, you know, uh-huh. and sometimes thoughtlessly. This one, you're going to have to work. You have a set of cards, you will have to put them down one at a time and go through the interview using those cards. So, uh-huh. if you have a card, for example, that says sloth on it, uh-huh. and then a card that says French accent and then a card that says man bun. You have to work all those things into your interview.
3: (laughs) Yep. As assets to hire you.
0: (laughs) As assets. right? (laughs) And I just think it was so much fun for us as role players. Uh. It was not the kind of guided role playing that made me cringe. It was delightfully vague and it let you go wherever you wanted. Yeah, yeah, that
3: vagueness actually really helped the game to function. You need it. <laughs> you yeah. can't have too strict of parameters for this game. No. Exactly. I was an
4: injured superhero stuck at the Nawadi Boo Naval Graveyard. I had a great reason to apply for that dental assistant job, but I'd forgotten what it was because I had amnesia. At least, I think I remember having amnesia.
0: <laughs> 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 and that's it. That's it exactly. From a vague set of words, you get stuff like that. It was... St- Tons
2: of fun. I think almost all the fun of this game comes from the people you play with. Yeah, absolutely.
1: If I use my killer moves first, I wind up killing them and then there's no point in knocking them out.
0: (laughs) And then, yes. Knock them
1: out first and then kill them. That's my motto. Your (laughs) moves are lost.
0: Very interesting. Thank you, Evan. Thank you for applying. Thank
1: you. I'll wait in the lobby for my successful application to be completed. (laughs) Oh, my cape. Yeah, I, I never once thought about the object to maybe win this game. Yeah, I, just, no. I, mean, I you know, I don't care. <laughs> it was, you, you, I just wanted to be entertained, and I was not disappointed.
3: I thought it was pretty cool that you'd pick a set of cards that you thought had a really good theme for the job that was flipped, but then the interviewer could kind of flip it on its head by naming the company a certain way or you know, telling you <laughs> oh, a little yeah. bit about the opening oh, before oh. the interview starts.
0: Yet another wrench that could be thrown in.
1: Or an applicant shows up with a Japanese accent and you play the German accent card on them and you <laughs> oh, add, oh, and then you expect them to do their best Japanese I know. German accent. I was accent. applying for
3: Ninja, so I went with a Japanese accent and then... <laughs> oh. So I had to try to do a combo Japanese-slash-German accent. It was, it was very brilliant. Oh, It was, it was brilliant. It
0: was Brilliantly okay. done. Nicely saved interview. <laughs> <laughs> Proved to be a resourceful applicant. <laughs> when it was for flight attendant, I picked an orderly set of cards for a nice theme. And then Mikey, when he starts interviewing, goes, welcome to leadback back airlines. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs>
3: And Evan did something, like, where he had three insane ones, and then Poker Face was the last one he played. Uh, so <laughs> right. he, he was screaming and howling and going crazy, and then he just played the Poker Face card and then put on his straight face and, like, gave a straight in. It was effort.
0: terrifying.
3: It was very scary. So, like, not only the cards that you pick matter, but the order you play them in can really make a big difference, oh, too. Yeah.
1: For example, I can fly
3: using my jetpacks.
0: Mm.
1: I can fly and slice and dice the enemy with my katana. Once Flying. I'm done making mincemeat of them with my weapon, I'll knock them out with my bare hands and then show you my killer
0: moves. So what? <laughs> well, what? Have killer moves to knock out, but okay. Have you considered when you're pounding the enemy to try the killer moves prior to the KO?
1: Joe, you brought up a point in your opening comment about this could help people, you know, who maybe have a fear of applying for for jobs. (laughs) I I never thought I had not thought of that before you before you mentioned that. And I've had a few minutes now to dwell on it. And I think that that there might be something there to your point.
3: Well, I could see this being a a good tool at one of those like corporate training conventions or maybe like a job fair like thing. You know, like it's an icebreaker. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Yeah. In fact, this kind of practice, making it lighthearted, could be great. Yeah, but it is definitely a bring-your-own-fun kind of game. True story. But it allows for that, which is great. A lot of games don't even allow for it. Okay, it's time to decide whether or not to dig up or bury Fun Employed.
2: Ed? It's not that bad of an Apple-to-Apple-style game. It adds a few new experiences to the game, but not really one that I really want to play again, so I'm going to bury it.
1: Boo. You don't get the job, Ed.
2: (laughs) Yeah, you're fired. fired.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Joe, how about you? Bury this. Someone wasn't trying very hard on this one.
3: Evan?
1: Laugh out loud party game. If that's your thing, then dig it up.
3: (laughs) Mike? It wasn't real strong on the creativity side, but I think that what we brought to the game made it really fun. So if you're an outside-the-box role-playing type, you should dig this up.
0: Joe may be right that someone didn't work too hard. But they took what we all feared was going to be a straight-up knockoff of apples to apples <laughs> and made it something new. So let's hear it for moderately innovative derivations. <laughs> Dig it up. This game can be found literally anywhere. Thank you, Mattel. And it's 10 bucks. If you have thoughts about fun employed let us know we are at which game first on facebook twitter and instagram we'd love to hear from you and that brings us to the end of our show we look forward to hearing about all the game exploring you're doing if you'd like more perks or content from this show including exclusive episodes for just three bucks a month you can go to our website and click on become a supporter today If you get a chance, leave us a rating or a review on your favorite podcaster. It really helps everyone else find the show. Join our chat on our Discord server. We are at Witch Game First. And our Patreon supporters get access to exclusive channels. Follow us on your favorite social media. We are at Witch Game First on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Happy gaming, explorers. Happy gaming.
3: All your base are belong to us. (laughs) It's over, Kermit. I
4: have the high ground.